there. Welcome to the Pat and Stu program. We are not Pat and Stu, nor are we Jeffy. It's Doc Thompson, Jason Buttrell, and what is your name? Uh, Ishka Bibble. You'd think I would know it after mm-hmm. spending like 14 hours today with you broadcast today. It's been a dream of mine to spend this much time with you ever since I was yay high. Brad yeah, this Kofefi. is uh, This was uh, kind of an unexpected. I was kind of thrown into this uh, slot today. No nap time for you today. Yeah, that's not going to happen today (laughs) at all. Uh, Lots of stuff going on. Coming up 3 o'clock Eastern time today, President uh, Trump is expected to officially pull out of the Paris Climate Agreement. Or not. Or, yeah, you never know with him. (laughs) Expected to, that's the key word. Expected to. Um, that may not happen. Uh, it may happen. It looks like it's probably good. I think that's a good thing, obviously. I mean, yeah, we, we looked at this yesterday. The Paris Climate Agreement. Okay. Stupid. Okay. I mean, there's. I mean, it really. I mean, like Stu laid it out perfectly. Like the, for all of the initiatives they have, for all the money that they're pledging, for all the UN um, partners that are in this thing, mm-hmm. we're, they're really only planning to change the climate by what 0.01? Point oh, I think point oh from point oh five to point oh four. Yeah. yeah. So 0.01%. But all these people are freaking out, including, it looks like, Elon Musk. Do you know how many guppies you'll save with just that little adjustment? <laughs> the you snail don't care darter. about them. The snail darter, all of those. I mean, yeah. Uh, but if you want more information on that uh, throughout the day, you can just go to theblaze.com, and we'll keep you up to date on that. Interesting story linked to it, if you go to the Blaze too, is Elon Musk in this thing, who is for the Paris Climate Agreement. And Elon Musk is, is kind of a, an enigma to me, because on one hand, I really like his disruptor attitude. Um, he's an entrepreneur. He dreams big and goes, and, and I'm like, wow, that's a guy that I really appreciate. But then he's kind of a progressive about stuff. Some of the money for his companies, he's taken big government grants and stuff. So I think you're hitting it, the nail on the head here. He's a man of science. He knows. Okay. There, I don't think that he really thinks that there's a huge difference between 0.05 and 0.04. He knows this as a man of science, but he's an entrepreneur. He gets tons of government subsidies for green initiatives. And what is his, almost his, his biggest cash cow right now? It's all about being green, basically. Batteries. Oh. Going towards batteries. You know, batteries in cars, being a disruptor there. Batteries in... Oh, his new thing. Have you seen his new thing with the, the tiles on houses? No. Where you, they basically, you get the, sol- the... They look like regular tiles on houses. Okay. These, I think these go into... Uh, I think you can buy these this month or next month. <coughs> but they cover your house just like a... It looks like a regular, um, you know, shingles on a house. Mm-hmm. But they're solar panels. And they power the entire house. It's funny. They've it's worked, insane. They've worked on some of that technology that with shingles. And then they have, you know... The, uh, the roll tar paper, they've had those it's for a while. It's been around for years at right. Builder's Shows, probably 10 years ago I saw shingles really? like that. Have they finally perfected it? Oh, yeah, he's selling well, them now. Perfected they were selling kind of a, them then. Right, it's, they've gotten better. And okay. that's the thing with all uh, solar panels. They've gotten better and better and better. And it used to be you really had to have the battery system, and now you can either go battery system mm-hmm. or straight back through your meter or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is the technology is still too expensive. 80, 80 grand, I think, if you want to redo your house and do that. What, what, Brad, and you would know re- better. What's you'll the difference? recoup that investment in only 326 years. <laughs> that's it, yeah. That's, that's the break-even point. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not the, yeah. And that's the problem with it. I mean, if you, if you believe in the climate change thing and you're just putting the solar panels up there, whatever, because you're saving the planet in your mind, okay, cool. If you want to go off the grid, be able to do that, or have the, that's fine. That makes sense as well. But if you're doing it for money to, to not have right. an energy bill, which I love the idea of it, it just is not cost effective the price has to drop by about half before you can put them on your house Mm -hmm. and then say i'm i don't have to worry about the money brett how long how much does it cost to re-roof a house like is that those are it depends i mean especially if you're using those shingles i have no idea regular shingles it's 
I mean, they they price that by the square, which is uh, twenty grand or something like that. Uh, no, it can. That. I mean, Unless it depends on size of, of your house. Yeah, but oh, easily man. ten. Oh, so eighty thousand dollars. Most people will never be able to approach you. No, 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 this. no. In fact, I'm thinking if you shingle most average size houses, it's probably about ten to mm-hmm. twelve if you have people do yeah. it for you. Whatever. That's materials and labor. All yeah. right. So, yeah. it, but in my mind, it becomes obvious why he would come out so strongly against mm-hmm. this and threaten to leave whatever role he has as an advisor because this is what his business is based mm-hmm. off of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean. This is good business for you to come out. I mean, you want to push climate change because you want to keep your green business afloat. Yeah. But his, but his cars rock. I mean, I love the, oh, gosh. the, the Riaz's Tesla that was here that mm-hmm. we, we drove. That thing is bad to the bone. Yeah. It's quick. I don't know how much it costs, but, you know, if it's an $80,000 car... Well, and the prices, one the prices of the cars it. have come down considerably yeah. as well. The last round that they just had uh, come out like last year came down considerably. And it's like 30 grand or something like yeah, that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's actually doable. Absolutely. Right. Now, the, to be fair, the 80000 he's quoting with you, quoting you for the shingles, or you quote it for the shingles, um, other solar panels are not going to be anywhere near that expensive. I mean, depending upon how much uh, energy you need, it, it's a tenth of that price or something like that, uh, $10,000, something like that, to just get them on your house. But still, you're saving, how much is your electric bill a month? A hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars? A couple hundred. Okay, let's say it's two hundred dollars, twenty-four hundred dollars a year. If you spend eight thousand dollars in solar panels, it takes you eight whatever years. And the solar panels last, Brad, they're not 30-year panels, right? Like the law we're oh, they're I, like 15 years. Yeah, or I don't think they're gonna last that long. <clears throat> it's saying that uh, this is the latest numbers in May, Tesla solar roof cost twenty-one eighty-five per square. Okay, that's the per Tesla. square, excuse me, per square foot. foot not not yeah. per square. Right. So yeah, square would be big difference. Um, but that's the, their solar panels. The other solar panels, though, they last about 10 to 15 years, then you got to replace them. So, yeah. you know, it's a net. Well, what I hate about this is net loss. You get people like <laughs> Tesla, like, uh, he's, I mean, Elon Musk is very well respected. I mean, like a ton of, especially younger uh, students that are coming up, like science type minded students are coming up now, and they look to him as, you know, a, you know, a role model. Mm-hmm. They, they, they want to be like him. I was talking to my brother not too long ago, and he goes to UT, which is almost like a liberal progressive hellhole now. Mm-hmm. But um, we had this huge argument the other day on climate change. And he was just so adamant about it. But I'm, I, all I wanted to do was I want to say, hey, look, just, I'm not going to change your mind. But just think this. Think, there's always, if, if someone's so passionate about it, they're probably pushing something, some kind of agenda. Just look to see what that might be. Right. With Elon Musk, a lot, m- many of them won't say this. Like, oh, yeah, he's a champion for you know, science. But really, what's, what do you think it's really about? In my mind, it's all about his business. Well, and, and what Elon Musk did was he said if President Trump pulls out of the Paris science, uh, uh, excuse me, Paris uh, climate, climate agreement, agreement, that he is going to bail on being one of his yeah. advisors. Yeah. He's going to yeah, bail, uh, bail out of the uh, president's advisory councils. Right. But he also, back in uh, February when the uh, travel ban, when they were trying to institute the travel ban, he came out and said, look, just because I'm here with the president doesn't mean I agree with the travel ban. So he's kind of playing. But is it, has it been and a, that's kind of nice. I mean, it's good that yeah. he's. Being himself, yeah. Is it been a secret about how Donald Trump views climate change? I mean, it's, he's always... No, always said it, but again, <laughs> yeah, I guess right. what's thing. the truth? You know, right. you don't know. So, I mean, <laughs> up, uh, two weeks ago, we saw the blurbs that it looks like President Trump may go against his word and support mm-hmm. the Paris Climate Agreement. Now, we don't know, and this is one of the most difficult things about Trump. When stuff like that is suggested, floated by the administration, or where he goes, well, I don't know, um, I don't know if that's one of his negotiating tricks... Or he's really like trying to decide because there should be no decision. He had the whole campaign. He knows what it is. He said he was going to bail on it. Now you're there. Why would you stumble around there for a bit? One reason and one reason only. Kofefe.
Oh, well, that clears you, it all up. Then that's uh, legit. Then likely. Yeah. I think there's a. I think Trump's starting to figure out there's one big thing between campaigning and actually governing. He knows you can't just. There's some things that he campaigned on that you just can't actually do. Like right now with the. Uh, I think it just came out today <clears throat> that he's uh, actually signing a memorandum to keep the embassy in Tel Aviv. I think that right, just yeah, came out today. Yeah. So again, another thing that he campaigned on, which he found out later on, oh, this is going to be politically hard to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, never mind. So he's backtracking down. Well, let me ask you too. Politically, <laughs> do you is it? And those these are different animals. Tel Aviv and the Paris Climate Agreement or whatever. These are all different things. But the things where you said it's more difficult to govern or different to govern than campaign. When he's faced with these promises now, and he looks at him and he goes, "Okay, we're going to move it to to Jerusalem." Is it? That'll look bad for you in the future, sir, for your reelection. Or is it, oh, wait a minute, there's a lot of other stuff at play. It may screw something else up. Is it both? What do you think? I think it's the latter. I I think he's starting to see that, oh, there's other people in play. There's other agreements in play. If I do this, it's going to piss these people off. He just wasn't considering that before. But now he is. I saw another thing on NAFTA. It's looking like NAFTA, another one of these issues Mm -hmm. that he campaigned on. But when he moved into the governing role, he's like, oh, crap, that's probably going to be a little bit harder for me just to pull out or just renegotiate altogether. Now there's all these like restrictions on like Mexico is just about to go through another election. They're mm-hmm. just about to have that I think in another year. Mm-hmm. So if Trump does this masterful renegotiation, pulls it all off with Mexico, well the next Mexican president can completely wipe that out. He's uh, completely do it yeah. within the next few months. And I haven't heard anything as far as Canada is concerned. Maybe, maybe they're actually waiting because that reason to go bigger on the wall from stuff like that. It could be one of many factors, right? It, it, very, very, very possible. So do you think domestic or foreign? I'm thinking foreign policy um, has got to be much harder to govern with stuff like that because there's so many nuanced players. I mean, just um, lost in translation. One little gesture means something, you know? Yeah. It's hard enough for people that are similar or speak the same language, native, uh, to get along. And thought, Oh, you said this. Well, I didn't mean that. Right. Um, Domestically, I think as a president, you could probably force more stuff through. Kind of. But then he also (coughs) I mean, he's used to being like a CEO businessman. So if he wants to do something, he has the clout, which is his cash Mm -hmm. and being the CEO that he can get it get it done. That's completely different than having the political clout to actually get it done. So we can't just force feed a lot of this stuff. We've seen that with the immigration ban. He couldn't just get that done because it's like, oh, wait a minute. There's more branches of government here. I didn't have that at Trump Tower. I was the only branch of government there. I could do whatever I want. So even now, he's having a hard time pushing things through. And he's not just fighting one side of the aisle. He's fighting both. Whether or not one side says they support him or not, he's fighting both sides of the aisle. Yeah. Because neither party really likes him. Mm-hmm. So Trump gave his, his cell phone number to other world <laughs> leaders? Yeah. I mean, at first... What's wrong I, with that? That's what I thought. I, and at first I was like, well, yeah, they have your number, but this is kind of breaking... They don't have your, your cell number, right? I mean, that's well, a little different. President Obama said he had a phone and a pen. Yeah. Yeah, well, but I mean, how many of them had his... You have a certain line set up for certain people, and the others go through diplomatic channels, right? Right. Well, they, they, it's, it's not like it's his Android phone that Melania gave him for his birthday. <laughs> okay. You know, for yeah. Father's Day. Right. It's an actual... Like, I'm getting a text from Melania. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it's Angela Merkel. <laughs> yeah. It's not like that, right? right? No, no, it's not okay. that phone. Okay. It's, it's, it's an actual, like, White House NSA-built phone. So, but I'm sure, like... Is it like a Zach Morris one, real big? <laughs> yeah. It's not one of those to, big ones. He gave it to Canada and to France... <laughs> But then he offered it to Mexico, and the president of Mexico said, no, thanks. <laughs> we don't want your number. But yeah, That's like a big old diss. Oh, it That's is. That's not surprising. He didn't have a date to the ball. Now, now if, you're, if you're Canada, and uh, let's say Germany calls up, and they're like, hey, can I get Donnie's number? You know, <laughs> he gave it to me. I lost it. They're like, sure, let me text it to you. Is it like that? 
Um, I, 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 I think this is funny because I think they're trying to link scandals a little bit. So before it was all really about, no issue. Yeah, there, there was all there's all those pictures of Hillary Clinton, you know, on her phone. Right. You know what I right. mean? And, and of course, the media blew all that up. But that was about her private server, you know, and how mm-hmm. how that was working. I think they're trying to link scandals and be like, oh, see, he's using his phone too. Blah blah. blah. I think this is a completely non-issue. I think people are blowing this out of proportion. He's not, even though it's a protected NSA built phone, mm-hmm. he'll still he's still not going to say, hey, get get angry. Merkel right now on the phone so I can discuss going to war with Russia. You know what I mean? On my on this NSA bill cell phone. He's still not going to do that. Right. But still, they can get in touch with him. They can say, okay, fine, let's move this over into the skiff and talk to whatever. Okay. I, I just think it's a nice Experts issue. have warned that it could compromise sensitive information. But I mean, but even still, I mean, yes, you could compromise. Experts have warned, Jason. <laughs> experts Anon- have said it. Anonymous <laughs> experts. Right. Unnamed experts. You, you, you t- anytime you talk over a, over a non-landline, right. there's always the opportunity that someone breaks your code gets, you know, and finds out. And you know, even whatever, when you're talking on a landline. Potentially, it's just how difficult, right? It's, right, yeah. even still. I mean, but so I this, what I find most fascinating about this is that we've now t- gotten, and it's nothing wrong with it. It's just an interesting development in, in our progression with technology and world leaders that we've now gotten to a point where it is standard where a president will have a professional cell phone that he carries because when obama first got elected do you remember it was he had his blackberry all the time Mm -hmm. they said you can't have that and he said oh i'm going to have it so they had to come up with a plan that would secure the information but also would not make him a target where people would be able to tell where potus was at any given moment right right so we're now it's just okay the nsa has to build the president a phone it's it's almost like uh, we had to build him a car back in the day we still do and it has to have certain features to make sure he's protected now a phone well, apparently this well. is a White House-issued cell phone that he's giving the number to, which makes me wonder whether or not the phone that he's using to tweet at 2 in the morning <laughs> is a different phone. So has he been using his private phone to, to tweet, and then they want to give him a, a White House phone, and that's the number he's giving out? Yeah, I would, assume that no, I would assume that no outside apps. Like, typically on those types of devices, you can't have, like, outside apps on those phones. That, that, that's what I would assume. So, so he, it's, he can't have, like, Tinder right. on there. Uh, <laughs> He's not swiping right and swiping left? I, I don't think so. But, okay. I mean... So you dude, couldn't, you have, you couldn't have the Twitter is. app probably on those phones, but you could on your personal phone. I'm just assuming, <clears throat> yeah. So I'm assuming it's like a different phone, or but even so, if it is a phone. We so then you get phone. back to he's carrying a personal phone around. Mm-hmm. Is that a security issue? I'm just I'm really curious well, of protocol with that now. You're correct in that it's, we're in a new age. I mean, mm-hmm. we've only been using... Man, when I, was in the, when I was in the Marine Corps, and I was in the intelligence community in the Marine Corps, we didn't even have email when I first got in. So when I first got in, we weren't even using email. We were right. just literally using the whole, like, you put the memo, you know, in the box. And right. some little private came by and delivered it down to wherever it was supposed right. to go. But then we moved into the email, I think, right, right as I was there. I mean, this, so the point is, we're only just now starting to get into some of these technologies. Now everyone uses uh, email. Pretty soon, all communications won't even be wired. Yeah, because you, you, you have the question, like you said, you're not allowed to put the apps on. So there's certain things you can and can't do with government property, like carry potentially an outside app. Then you have the security of, would somebody be able to track if they knew which phone it was? He's going into the kitchen now. He's going into the West Wing now, where he would be a target. And then you've got the secure information that he may be sending back and forth. And even if it's his personal phone, 
What are you sharing there? I know there's certain rules of things, but things that could compromise him and his safety. If it's his personal phone, then there's a major issue. Now we're back into a Hillary Clinton-style infraction. So he'd have to keep them separated, first of all. So I tweet from this phone. I call Melania (laughs) from this phone. I do some of my business, what he's legally able to do with his enterprise, right, with this phone. Mm -hmm. I got the government phone over here. I can't screw him up. I have to carry him. And there's still a security issue. For his personal safety. The more you lay it out like that, the more I think he's going to screw this up. That's what I'm like. I can't even keep track of one phone. And this morning I'm like, darn it, I'm locked out of my email again. You know, know he's not figuring this stuff. He's like this. Oh, it's Angela. <laughs> Not a bit. I'm just going to let it ring through. Yeah. Ring through to whatever. Go to voicemail. Go to voicemail. I get back. Sorry, Angela. In a meeting. Call you back, right? Like, I'm not here. I'm not here. Stock tops at Jason Buttrell and Brad Staggs in for Pat and Stu and Jeffy today. Back in a moment with more. Doc, Brad, and Jason in for Pat Stu and Jeffy today. Yeah, remember how uh, things got really exciting uh, on the campaign trail uh, during, um, uh, in, was it Montana, right? Yeah, Montana. Yeah, Montana. Uh, Greg Gianforte and Ben Jacobs had that little uh, kerfuffle. Oh, the, the reporter got Guardian. slammed by Gianforte was the now the re- congressman-elect, yeah. or has he been sworn in? He's been sworn in now, right? probably, he, I think It was an has. emergency session. Yeah, because, so he would have been sworn in right yeah. away, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. The night before the election, after most of the absentee ballots had been counted, he gets into the body, body slamming contest with uh, Ben Jacobs, the reporter for The Guardian, uh, knocked the, you know what, just listen to the, that audio, because I think that tells a story. Yeah, here's the audio of what we'll I We'll talk to you about that later. Yeah, but there's not going to be time. I'm just curious if you okay, have speak with right Shane, now. please. But you don't. Sick and tired of you guys. The last Jesus time you came here, you did the same thing. Get the hell out of here. Jesus. Get the hell out of here. The last guy did the same thing. You were the guardian? Yes, and you just broke my glasses. You the last guy did the same damn thing. You just body slammed me and broke my glasses. Yeah. Get the and... hell out of here. <laughs> um, okay. I'd like me to get the hot up here. I'd also like to call the police. And we're not going to dinner Can I get now. you guys' names? Hey, you gotta leave. He just body slammed me. You gotta leave. <laughs> Our names, my name's on the wall back behind me there, as in running for. Okay, so. Did he body slam him? I mean, I get this picture of like WWE's got him over yeah. his head. You right, know? that's Just, what I want to know. There's no video, there's only audio. So he could have claimed that the guy did anything. What does he mean by body slamming? Obviously, there was something physical, but you're Fox right. Fox News apparently saw it. They said that it was, you know, it was, it got physical. But if you hear the setup to it, um, it's not like he just went out and started hammering the guy. He was like, right. all right, whatever, I don't have time. And then yeah. nothing was said, and then you hear the shoving, which means the guy did something, the reporter did something physical that he found troubling. So yeah. shoved the camera in his face, the mic, whatever. Yeah, it was like, I guess it was, was it at his dressing room or something like that? That's what it seemed like. And he was aggressive. He was trying to basically bully his way in, right. in there. I, I've, I, I was, we were talking about this the other day. I, I used to work for a company, executive protection company, where this happens a lot. And it's usually like paparazzi or mm-hmm. other like press or whatever. But they are ridiculously, incredibly aggressive. They get into areas they're not supposed to be into. Mm-hmm. Um, half the time, all their entire point for doing this is to get a response. 
Like, they might not even have a story. They know that hey, this has been done to death. I'm just going to see how worked up I can get this guy. If I can get him to blow his top, then I got a story. And, and a story <laughs> means they get money. Y- yes. Because you sell it to these companies if you're the paparazzi. I mean, they get a lot of money. If it's a big celebrity with a big story, huge. Well, well now, you can see the glasses <laughs> that Ben Jacobs was wearing because he has donated to, uh, them to the museum. That's in news, as in newseum. That's clever. That's in Washington, D.C. That's in Washington. They were donated at at, uh, the request of the museum. They'll be on display in the Journalism Museum's collection. uh, And by the way, full disclosure, his glasses, which were new, were paid, uh, which were made by Banana Republic, were paid for by The Guardian and his company, Health Insurance. (laughs) Just just so you know. This is, you know, this is a complete, this is why... Public figures have protective details and security. This is a complete, I mean, you, if you are pushed by some of these journalists, like in, in, the, mm-hmm. in these cases that far, anyone will blow their top. Yeah. And these, like I'm saying, these guys know that. They know that eventually they're going to get under their skin. There has to be, even at this lower level, at the, at the you know, state election level, there has to be some kind of security presence to be that buffer in between these guys. It's a complete, I mean, I would be livid if I was him that there was nobody there in between them to stop this from happening. There well, should have been. It's Trump's fault. <laughs> of course, Trump. He's who created a more aggressive America. Yes, that's, who was it that said that? A lot um, of them. A lot of them have said it about a lot of situations now. I mean, all of the leftists have come out and said anything that's going on. There's a yeah. shooting, a stabbing, anything. It's Trump's fault for making more aggressive. Oh, these are guy. glasses, huh? These are nice glasses. Okay, glasses here's, the, are cheap. here's the thing with donating your glasses after something like that, mm-hmm. because they got broken during this scuffle. You might be giving yourself too much credit. You donated your glasses to a museum, even if it was Trump who did this, a right. president. Still not... I mean, it's a temporary huge story, but it's not like, uh, you know, uh, the jacket Lincoln was wearing when he got shot or something, right? <laughs> I mean, this is the... We're, okay, 50 years from now, they decide to go through and start archiving all of the stuff that's been donated to the museum over the years. How value Is that in the more valuable end of the stuff or the less valuable end? Well, here's how they're filing the glasses. According to the museum website, uh, Jacobs has acquired a new pair of glasses and he will deliver his broken pair to the museum. The assault on Jacobs was just the latest in a series of attempts in 2017 to suppress press freedom in the United States. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. That's my problem with it. The latest in 2017... What interesting thing happened right at the beginning of 2017 during the January mm, around the 20th? Gosh, um, you, uh, there was no press suppression uh, for the previous eight years right. or the eight years before that under George W. Bush was stuff like the Patriot Act. Yep. We've been living in 16, 20 years of this stuff. And now you're... Oh, okay. What was that Fox it, News reporter? That specific, I mean, that was one of the biggest, <clears throat> highest profile Rosen. cases. Rosen. Yeah, and I mean, it gets better. It gets better. Jacob's story inspired a GoFundMe campaign to raise money for new glasses. So it was a GoFundMe. They were paid for by his NHS. But since his new eyeglasses were covered by his health insurance, and Jacob says he will donate the funds that were raised in his name to the Committee to Protect Journalists. Oh, my God. There is a committee to protect. Yes, you in the uh, front Uh, row. Yeah, Doc Thompson, Blaze Radio Network, got a question. (laughs) Um, What is the Committee to Protect Journalists? Journalists? Is that? It sounds like a we, scam. This sounds I'm going like, to find out. Committee to protect Wow, okay, because this journalists. sounds like something we should have started just to get some money mm-hmm. out of people. Wow. That's insane. And, but the, see, all of this goes together. This is why, I, I don't know, I, I don't want to say his motive was to start a scuffle to begin with. But they knew, this for the left, this was a big defeat. Because they thought that sure. once this seat was vacated, they yep. could come in and, and take some ground. So there was a ton of media coverage on this. When they lost, mm-hmm. all of a sudden,
sudden you got this hoopla turning into something else. All right. Now, here's and, I will say this. The Committee to Protect Journalists looks like they do uh, take care of, of, of journal- killed, uh, killed since 1992, imprisoned, missing. So people... Journalists who actually were in right. harm's way, reporting on genuine. They stories. go and help them out, or right. they try to protect them before stuff happens. Uh, I mean, do they here. rescue them, or like you know, okay, I was incarcerated in uh, Botswana for challenging the government or something, or is it, hey, we're going to go ahead and provide um, security or something? That's a good question. <clears throat> um, Here's the other thing. I mean, listen, free speech, the First Amendment is specifically free speech of the First Amendment is powerful. It may be arguably one of, if not the most powerful tool we have when you think about it. Obviously, freedom of religion is center to you, but the ability to share ideas is at the center of making all of this work. It really is ground zero for personal freedoms. And we are in the media. We're not, I'm not a reporter, but we're in the media, so I am passionate about the First Amendment. But I feel like reporters, even though they can and have done a good job at times, give themselves a little too much credit. Mm. You know, where it's like, well, I'm a reporter. It's like, yeah, okay, that could mean good or it could mean you're just carrying water for an administration. You're a propagandist, you know. CPJ promotes press freedom worldwide and defends the right of journalists to report the news without fear or reprisal. CPJ ensures the free flow of news and commentary by taking action wherever journalists are attacked, imprisoned, killed, kidnapped, threatened, censored, or harassed. Okay, where the hell were they uh, a couple years ago in Florida when I challenged Marco Rubio? They security, security, we had a security issue, security issue. When I, I, I hollered a question as he was walking down the hall, and they wigged the hell out. Wow. We were in a, it was put on by one of the, um, I don't remember which group, but the right group or organizations that are out there that sponsor different groups. And um, I was, Marco Rubio was on stage speechifying, and he comes out, and it was within six months or so of his Gang of Ocho betrayal. And so he's walking down. And Those seem like such great days. Oh, when I know. Those the were wonderful. Gift. When that was the worst thing we had to deal I know, with. The gang of eight, he betrayed <laughs> us, right? So he, and he, he wouldn't answer any questions. They, they never go on peop, uh, shows that will actually be challenged. And he, we had called and called, and they won't go on. So he's walking down the hall, and I knew where he'd be heading out. So I just positioned myself, and I was like, you know, 10 feet away from him. And I was like, Senator, what'd they pay you to sell out? What'd you get for selling out of the gang of Ocho Bill or whatever? And he was shocked that anybody was in the hall, and he wheels like this. And then they quickly swarm around him. Get the dime information. Right, that was it. That's what they did. I'm, Jason, I'm not kidding you. I was beyond a security, so I don't, I mean, I'm not threatening. And I did, wasn't coming at him. I was leaning like this against the wall. I was like, Senator. And they swarm around him, head down that, and they push him out. And a girl goes, security, we need security. And, and I go like this. Are you kidding me? Security? I'm right. <laughs> security? How am I a security threat? So then they were trying to boot me out of there, and we were there to broadcast and stuff. And we had a couple of other uh, shows that were in a, another secure room where you could go in and do interviews. And uh, they're like, sorry, you guys can't kick Doc out. As they were like, she's like, what do you mean? Because he's on with me in an interview in 10 minutes which I had not scheduled. And I was like, sorry, you got to go. She's like, well, I don't know. And then there was another friend doing a show from Des Moines. And he's like, yeah, he's on with me after that. And they're like, oh, okay, <laughs> whatever. But this is what I found out. One of those friends was scheduled uh, to do an interview with Marco Rubio. He had set this up forever. Marco was on stage, comes out of a doorway, hallway, and then another doorway for this media room. And you go in and it's, I don't know, 30 by 30 room or something with... 
uh, broadcasters set up all along the perimeter like this. He's broadcasting there, had an interview set up with Marco Rubio. Marco went into a different private room, called into the radio station. Oh, wow. Would not do it in person right there. Interesting. Because they wanted the control. This is what I'm talking about, you know? Mm. So I get reporters going into challenging these people. You need the information, you can stand up for it, but... There's a difference, though. You talk about, you know, we used to really support the media and really respect them and and trust them, but now it almost seems like they've gone into this phase of, and this, this... this situation is dangerous to a guy that had no news but wanted to create news. Right. They want, they want to create it. So there's a difference between reporting on it, and that's what you should do. Mm-hmm. Hold government in check by reporting on the things that you see. But don't try and create something. Like he, he's, he's, he's almost crossing the border of, and I don't condone what happened to him. You know, mm-hmm. it got physical and it shouldn't have. Right. But he's at that point of trying to create news when there's not, nothing there. It's he's just, creating the story. He's creating yes. the story. And it's, 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 I mean, I've been talking the last few days about this collusion thing, which in my mind, a whole lot of it is created. They don't even have anything on this, but they're creating this story. They're, they're wielding it. They're crafting it. They're not even sure if it's true. Well, right. So it's anonymous sources, but they're, they're linking in all of these Russia things and different things, which, okay, if you believe there's something there and you start an investigation, whether a reporter or, uh, you know, uh, investigators, and you start laying it out, that's fine. If you're on the left and doing that, I support it. Let's get the information. However, you put all of this together, which may not be connected at all, but yet the big thing... Russia and Hillary's affiliation with it, you know, during the campaign and then the allegations of her with the mining company and all this stuff, you pretend that doesn't exist. So you're willing to lump all of this in together to take down Trump, but ignore this other part of Russia. You can't have it both ways. Right. Well, the biggest, the biggest <clears throat> thing for me was with the, the Comey letter, uh, the Comey memo. Right. So I, I remember this was in, in the New York Times for crying out loud. So I'm reading through this and they're like, oh, yeah. So sources said that he had the, has this memo that says the actual day when Trump said lay off of uh, General Flynn. Well, you used to keep on reading into it, into it. And at the bottom of it, it says, well, we don't have possession of the memo. We haven't seen the memo. Basically, it was associates, friends of Comey, right. called us and said, hey, we like totally got this information, you know, and it's like, here, I will read a portion of it. We a portion. We don't have context. We don't even know if this thing is real. But they reported on it as if it was real. And, and, and when you go down the bullet point, it was it failed 10 times. So first of all, unnamed sources. Right. So we don't know who it is. Got a memo that Comey wrote. No, no proof. There wasn't audio. Mm-hmm. He supposedly wrote immediately after these meetings so he could document, write down what he said, like a diary, basically. It's not even a memo. Think of it as a diary. So unnamed sources said Comey, at the time, jotted down notes after the meeting. They, the New York Times, did not see it, right? They uh, had portions of it read to them over the phone. That's, that, that's like, what, Any one of those makes you go, we cannot take this as gospel. What, what, do you think Woodward and Bernstein would have reported on this? Right. They wouldn't have touched this. It's, I know it's in journalism school, they say get, so you, tr- you double and right. triple check this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't just like, if there's a rumor, there's conjecture, whatever, you don't just report it out there as if it's gospel. You have to get proof of this before Wasn't you Wasn't it Woodward it. that came out recently and said, look, you guys, you've got to quit doing this crap. That, and, wasn't that at the White House correspondence? no uh, one listened dinner? to him. Yep. Yeah, no one, they all probably looked at, yeah, you go back in your cage, old bird. Yeah. A couple of months back, I was at a, um, Bob Woodward had a uh, new book out, and uh, he gave a, um, you know, they go around the country and they'll read portions of it and take questions in Arkansas, where I live. And we went to it. There's maybe a couple dozen people in the room. And as progressive as you know a lot of media people are, and I don't know exactly where Bob Woodward 
but I automatically, you know, think they're more to the left. Uh, he was really, really pointed and made a lot of sense about being unbiased. And he was, and I was like, wow, uh, if we had more of that, where it's like, listen, you, you must be unbiased in this stuff. You must painstakingly do whatever you can to break down any of your biases if you expect to be respected and we want good things to happen. And it's not happening. And the bias is one of the biggest problems we have. And that, because of that bias is the reason why they're manu- it's, it feels like they're manufacturing these stories. Well, and then you also question trust in the future. Right. They, could, they could actually come out with 8 by 10 glossies of Trump violating the law. And money of us are going to, okay, those are doctored because I know, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Because I can't trust you, you've proven it to me. All right, get a uh, break in here. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. It's at the Blaze Brad, at Doc Thompson Show. And at Jason Buttrell. Ask at Jason Buttrell. Just wanted to make sure. Back in a minute with more on the Patent Stew program. We're talking about uh, security, uh, mainly from a perspective of a president or a reporter, and it's a new world. And part of the new world is we have a lot of stuff on our phones, and people can get that information, and sometimes you're compelled to give that information. In fact, there was a recent, I believe, Supreme Court ruling. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Supreme Court. It might have been circuit. But anyways, that you must provide your... Uh, code for your phone if law mm-hmm. enforcement demands it. And it looks like a guy has been nailed with that. In Florida, of all places, Hollywood man serving 180 days in jail for refusing to give up his iPhone passcode to police. That's according to a Broward judge, uh, he ruled it on Tuesday. The uh, latest salvo intensifying legal battles over uh, law enforcement access to smartphones. Now, hang on a second. So there was a court case that actually said if police request it, then you have to get it. Yeah, and I'm sure it was probable cause or something like that. And I, it may Ooh. not have been Supreme Court. I'm going for memory. This was, I don't know, six months or so ago. But there was a court case on it, and it was stated that, and if it hasn't gone to the Supreme Court, I'm, I'm it in will. error, it will um, as part of this. Where do you draw the line with it? Because um, we know probable cause does include information stored at your house at times. So if uh, police go to your house and try to think of a scenario where they would go in to get information. A safe? A safe potentially at your home. Those are at times. But Probable it, it, cause trumps search warrant? In some cases, but usually, Ooh. well, no, usually in, in cases of emergencies, though. It's like that. It's the help, help, help. It's like that. Oh. So that's what I mean by it. Um, but okay. yeah, they, they said that you must give them your passcode at times. This needs to be fought <laughs> tooth and nail, in my opinion. Th- this falls into the lines of, I, I'm not giving anything away unless you have a warrant. <clears throat> if you have a warrant, if a judge said so, I'm fully compliant at that point. Right. I give everything over. But right. if, if, if you don't have a search warrant that actually gain, gives you access from a judge into my phones, my computers, all that stuff... You don't have, in my opinion, you don't have a legal uh, reasoning to see it. Or- right. That's, that's how I feel about this stuff. And you, it's the slippery slope thing. Even if you can make reasonable arguments where you say, well, of course, you'd have to give this stuff up. Um, you, the slippery slope says, no, don't do it. And the problem is people always go, well, you're going to be doing so much good. We have to do this. Or there's a reason we're doing it. 
And they don't want to see that little bit of suffering or a person fail or a little bit of bad. But they don't realize there's always going to be little bits of bad. You know, you cannot save everybody in every situation. This is a slippery, slippery slope, in my mm-hmm. opinion. So if they make this the standard, so pretty soon, like, no one is, if you're guilty, you're not going to, you're just not going to want to self-incriminate. You know what I mean? You're not going to give over this type of information. So is the next step, the police departments have to hire their own hackers and people like that to actually break into this type of stuff? Maybe, maybe. Look what you're starting here. And, and, and there were so many cases over the last five, six years or so where people get pulled over, they're mm-hmm. walking down the street, whatever, the cops uh, say, give me your phone. And sometimes people just hand it over. Uh, they look at it. Uh, sometimes it has a code. Give me your code. Sometimes the people said no, and they arrested them. There were countless cases like this. And it's, it's reasonable if you're not thinking of the law, if you're a cop, and you're in a situation, you're, you know, let's say you got kids, you suspect they're underage drinking, or a more you know, serious crime is going on, and you know they were taking pictures, and you're right there, and you're like, and then it's just little incremental steps. Yeah. You know, back in 2015, there was a Fifth Amendment case against uh, two against self-incrimination. Two insider uh, trading suspects were not required to turn over the passcode of their mobile phone because the judge ruled that um, that would give them access to the personal thought processes of the defendants. Well, and everything else that's on there as well. So that was, was that circuit or do you even know what that was? That was district court. That was district Pennsylvania. Okay, so that's local or mm-hmm. more local. That was in 2015. Then there was Riley versus California in 2014, which is where they, they got the cell phones, I think looked at them, got information off them about gang activity. So they were just going into the phone period. There was a, an issue with that. I'm always flabbergasted how, you ever watch like the ID channel and they have like those real look-ins to like, you know, uh, interrogation rooms? Right. And the cops are like, we know you did it. It's going to be a whole lot easier on you if you just admit to everything. Mm-hmm. And they just like sing like a canary. Oh, like, yeah. Did you not watch Better Call Saul? Literally, yeah. get on the phone and just say, I can't talk. Get my lawyer. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if they're saying we got to have your uh, cell phone passcode, right. that's when you lawyer up. Or yes. how, many I mean, other, how many other movies, like uh, uh, L.A. Confidential, remember when he works them in the different rooms where the one's yeah, ratting yeah. the other one out or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they don't have to necessarily be truthful when they're interrogating you. you <laughs> right. Know? We know you did it. We've got information. <laughs> right? On. I mean, Deny, deny, deny. Or better, just don't say anything. Right. And get uh, the attorney. This is a huge, huge problem. And uh, it, like I said, it's going to have to be... Um, it's going to have to be ruled on, and when it's ruled on by the Supreme Court, there's going to be challenges to that over and over for all these little nuanced scenarios where we'll say, you ruled on this particular case, and here are the details. Mine's a little bit different because it had to do with this. That one had to do with pictures. Mine had to do with text information, and this one had to do with an email I sent. And then, it's not just a phone, it's the phone that you use to send email. So, that was just the app that you had to get into the email that really doesn't have to do with your phone. It has to do with your Google account, your Gmail. Mm-hmm. So then they're involved in everything else. Yeah. Uh, bad, bad situation. you got to say not no, but hell no. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, if you've got nothing to hide, you've got nothing to worry about. Right. Yeah, that's it. That's true. I have you just have to exercise your rights. I mean, for one, I mean, if you don't exercise your rights, then what are they even there for? You know what I mean? And if they're going to... if. Jason, if you got nothing to hide, just give the friendly police officer the code to your phone. See, I don't have anything to hide about what he's asking me about, mm-hmm. but lots of other stuff to yeah. hide, you know what I mean? That's just Okay, it. so um, why did Marissa give us these, these little spinners? I feel like Mel Brooks in, in Blazing Saddles when his little paddle ball didn't <laughs> work. You won't get the mine, big fog like this. Yeah, I can't. You mine's can't not get spinning. 
Yeah, okay, so these, this is all the little rage right now. The kids are doing it, whatever. Um, I don't know if Marissa knows this or not, but I don't need anything else to fidget with, with which to fidget. On Glenn Beck's uh, radio slash TV program all day, I had a uh, coin. Was yeah, that, was that a, gold a gold line coin? coin? Yeah, I think so. It was a gold line coin, and I just couldn't put it. I'm a fidgeter. It's what Holding I do. Holding so. $10,000 in gold in his fingers and fidgeting with it. Yeah, I don't know what this is for. I'll tell you what, we're going to get a break, and we're going to try to figure this out. Hopefully, she can come in and explain it to us. I'm going to try to get her in to come in and explain <laughs> it to us. Coming up next to the Patent Stew program. Welcome back to the Pat and Stu Show. Doc Thompson, Jason Butchall, Brad Staggs, and for Pat and Stu. Um, have you guys seen these in the mall? That's defective. What, I are, gotta, what are these sell for? What are these retail for? Mercy, any idea? Ten bucks. Ten bucks. Saw these down in San Antonio for ten bucks. I didn't. I didn't even know what the heck what these things are for. I see them everywhere. Those little like little kiosk like yeah. thingies. Look at that. You could, I mean, it is kind of interesting. You can. Do so stuff. is this the, is this the Rubik's cube of now? Is that what this is? <laughs> or apparently the Pet Rock. Is that right? Well, uh, we did do a story on the uh, Morning Blaze about a guy who got one stuck um, where the moon don't shine. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, he did, yeah. Don't ever put one there. <laughs> what was he trying to do? Million to one shot. <laughs> million to one shot. I was just uh, walking yeah. along. It's million all to one games. shot. That's it. <laughs> yeah. But apparently, we were just talking to Wade, and these things were originally developed, basically, by someone that was trying to help her son with autism. Mm-hmm. And then other people have been using them for their kids to help them with ADHD. But a psychologist has said, actually, these things are more like pet rocks and not much like for any kind of actually clinical. I was like, this is supposed to help with ADHD? All it's doing is distracting me yeah. from other stuff I have to do. I guess it does keep me focused on this, but how about something that'll help me focus on what I need to yeah. focus on? You We've know? actually got some video on this. David Anderson, PhD, breaks it all down right now. The great thing about fidget spinners is that they've brought uh, the discussion for what works for ADHD or what might work for anxiety or stress relief uh, to the forefront, which is great for us to have. Stressing the only issue out. is they have about as much scientific evidence for stress relief or treatment of anxiety and ADHD Literally. as, say, a pet rock. That's kind of uh, They're a toy. They're not a treatment. <laughs> so the thing is, there's no psychologically recommended gadget. There are only gadgets that fall in line with scientifically-based so psychological principles. So the idea is for a kid so experiencing so stress or anxiety or depression or ADHD, we might create, say, a coping kit for that child when they're experiencing certain amounts of stress. That I might include know, music I, to listen on, to. Man, it, helps. it might include a stress ball to squeeze. It might include something that reminds them to breathe or to practice a mindfulness strategy. Breathe. But it's really on a case-by-case basis. There's so no universal recommendation of a particular mm-hmm. toy for stress relief or a particular object for stress relief. Uh, fidget spinners have absolutely no scientific studies behind them uh, showing any sort of effectiveness in treating this. And the major reason for that is that they're a fad. They've only just come about, and scientific studies take time and money. So if something is really new and is making a lot of noise, it's unlikely to be scientifically supported. I feel fidget spinner defic- defective. I yeah, can't. I they're can't. holding it between their middle finger and thumb and flicking with their index finger, and I just, that's not smooth to me. You what? know, if it's, if it's something that helps your child and anything that allows them not to go in to see a guy like this and have them pump them up with a bunch of medication, I'm, uh, hey, yeah. I'm all about that. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not saying some, some kids actually need, you know, medication, so well, I'm not discounting that, but I mean, 
there's a story online talking about stress. The woman who actually invented them back in the 80s, her patent ran out this year. And <laughs> put that anywhere. <laughs> Apparently they fly fairly well. That's what happened to the guy that got one stuck. Well, you know. Uh, it's still spinning. It's still spinning, though. And uh, so the patent for her ran out, so she's not making a dime off these. So the once the patent ran out, everybody Hasbro and everybody else jumped in on it. But you and, know, Brad, oh, that's man. just about the money. She can at least look and say, mm-hmm. look at the good that I've brought. She walks around and sees everybody have one and yes. says, wow, look at the good I've done. Yeah, that'll buy her a house, too. Or, or she's saying, dang it, I would have had a buck from every one of those. Uh-huh. Right? Okay, now try it in your other hand. Still works. Uh, well, I can't do it one-handed though. A, that's what I say. Brad can't do it two hands. <laughs> well, actually, I can spin it better because I'm. Hold on a minute. I'm distracted. What are you doing? I, I think that I don't think that's right. I think well, that's a fail. I think that well, half of the middle of mine is gone. I just okay, want you to know I'm working with. Trade me the, out here, then. I want to see. I think okay. you're you're coming up with an excuse okay. here. Oh yeah, yours. That feels much better. See, you tried doing it with that one. Like this. It's effective. Oh. oh yeah, like this. <laughs> yeah, see, it's not it's not staying there, is it? Yes, it is. Look. How are you, how are you doing that with the? Swear it's it's a defective. Is that one broken ball. too? They're all broken. Can we get someone to work out here? The paddle ball without the string. <clears throat> so what do we say these retail for? Ten bucks. Yeah. Ten bucks. Yeah. Brad, how much in parts here? Because these are just what ball bearings uh, yeah, and some plastic. Shiny. Yeah, probably a a buck. And if you got them from China, it's probably like thirty cents. Yeah. Yeah, little they're Guatemalan kids in China making oh, them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but they're really good at it. That's right. Yeah, wow, that's interesting. I just, I, I see these stuff, and every time I see something like this, it just is stressful for me. <laughs> because you're not making the money on it. Because I didn't make it. I didn't come up with it right. This good is point. the of all the stupid of the stuff we've done. Yeah, I, wow. Okay, well, remember, God bless them. Good for them. Kofefe hat. Kofefe. I'm just, I'm just a, a, whenever these pop up and, like, the fad is, like, out there, I'm, I get so annoyed by the fad so quickly if I'm not making money off of it, mm-hmm. but uh, no. Well. I, just, I, I get I get annoyed when anyone just gives something just an overwhelming, crazy amount of attention all of a sudden. Because like you, if you go see these in the mall, there's like about 30 kids surrounding surrounding these things, and even adults are like looking at. It. I'm like, what? It's a bunch of ball so bearings. But isn't it better than a video game? Where do you evolve it from here? Can't argue with that. How do you jazz them up? You do more because they got different Lights. colors. Bling. Lights. Lights. Lights and bling. Here's what I'm thinking. Lasers or sharpened edges? Freaking oh. laser beams. That's where I'm going. <laughs> They're great for the kids. Kids love them. Doc, Brad, and Jason in for Pat Stu and Jeffy. Thanks so much for joining us the Pat and Stu program. If you want to follow us, it's at Jason Buttrell on Twitter, at Doc Thompson Show, and at The Blaze Brad. There's a uh, fashion, is this fashion show part of the regular school um, happenings are going on? Is this extracurricular? Is something they do regular? They have this fashion show in the Bronx, at a school in the Bronx. And a couple of the girls decided to make a big splash, and they created dresses as part of the fashion show out of condoms mm-hmm. uh, now these con like are these unwrapped condoms that's what it looks yeah, like yeah i hope so okay uh yeah they got uh, apparently they got a grant from the school and used some of their own money these two girls are 16 and 17 years old 
used some of their money to buy uh, materials from Planned Parenthood uh, that they could use to make two dresses. Uh, once Planned Parenthood learned about the school's project or the girls' project, they sent extra pamphlets, stickers, and signs. So this was to support Planned Parenthood? Uh-huh. That's the reason they did it? Yep. Oh, yep, my yep, gosh, yep. man. Yep. What a lowbrow failure. They wanted to create a fashion that has more meaning than just being a dress after what's been happening this past year. What has been happening this past year? <laughs> Wait, exactly. What has been happening? <laughs> well, all the rapes? What is it? The violent attacks on women? What is it? People dying in the streets. Right, exactly. Talking about the videos, the, the, those uh, undercover videos coming out of Planned Parenthood of selling baby parts? No, because they're pro-Planned Parenthood, right? They're supporting mm-hmm. to help promote it. So they're, no. so they're saying because they think Planned Parenthood is under attack. That must be it. Yeah, exactly. It wouldn't be supporting it, Brad, but it could be in support. But I think it's more of what's been happening this last year. The questions against Planned Parenthood, but it's probably bigger than that. It's probably Trump and right wing and so right. on. Right. Well, protests. one of the girls said, when I walked down the runway, I think some people thought it was funny that I was wearing condoms on the top. <laughs> but I think it was a great way to bring people out of their comfort zones just a little bit and destigmatize something that shouldn't carry any stigma at all. What's that, wearing a condom dress? Or destigmatize Planned Parenthood. Bad I, fashion? Yeah, what are you destigmatizing? What was the, uh, the, their idea was motivated by the fact that so many young kids would be, uh, would be in the audience and should learn about what Planned Parenthood does. You know, it would be ironic (laughs) is if one of these girls actually wore a dress like this out on a date and ended up getting pregnant. That, that, that that would be ironic. (laughs) That would be irony. That would be gold. That would be gold. Mom, dad, I got something to tell you. (sighs) Sorry, I don't know how it happened. I mean, if this is not max protection, I don't know what is. Right, exactly. <laughs> Where were the adults at this thing is what I want to know. This is Where it. Where was any common sense? You just start crossing the line with this. Come on. You eventually top out. The problem with being like, you, like Kathy Griffin, if you're a sensational comedian or presenter or whatever, you run out of headroom. You run out of places to go. You can't right. keep topping yourself. And I just feel like society right now, we're just... Our heads up against all the craziness, and you cannot continue to top it. And they're just reveling in it. And this, the worst part is, these young pastehead, these glue sniffing girls from the Bronx, <laughs> believe that this somehow uh, uh, tr- um, culturally significant. They're in there fighting for socialism and whatever. You're not. You're just being asses. Seriously, that's what you're doing here. If you were really serious about Planned Parenthood and all the stuff that goes with it, we can have a discussion on. It. I'll show you how you're wrong. But you're not willing to do that. You just wanted to glob on, and you go out there with your little friends and look at what I did. And you can bet. How old are they? 16, 16, 17. Oh, the good news is you've got scholarships coming. You've (laughs) got them coming. I mean, and by the way, uh, you could have like a 1.6, and Columbia is going to... You're accepted. You're the people who supported Planned Parenthood. So welcome aboard, because you're progressive and we're progressive. It's, It's the craziest progressive win on any kind of issue where they've made it about something else. So literally, Planned Parenthood, you're talking about an organization founded by a racist woman, Margaret Singer, that was all about eugenics. That's what she was about. That's what she wanted Planned Parenthood for. And eugenics is... Explain the basics of, of eugenics so people understand if you were going to explain. So it's, it's designing basically the master race. It's designing, let's say, we don't want the weak, we don't want certain races because they don't live up to you know, in the intellect of the master race. We want to kill them off little by little so that we can get the, only the strong will survive. That's what it's about. It has to do with sterilization. 
actually killing babies in the womb so that they'd never born to begin with. But back in the day, I mean, Margaret Sanger was caught saying these things. Right, she was caught saying this. You can still find it. You can still find it. Right. And by the way, it's not hyperbole to say that this is, she shared ideas with Adolf Hitler as far as the master race and designing and killing people off. She, she, like Hitler, you they kill off. They got it from us, right. for crying out loud. Right, exactly. <laughs> right, you kill off the weak. I mean, Hitler had uh, invalids and cripples and different people Old killed. people. Old people. She supported these things as well. And also minorities. This is what she advocated. So that's the first flip on Planned Parenthood. But what is it all about now, mm-hmm. though? Now it's about, it's, it's, it's women's rights. Women's rights, exactly. <laughs> Just forget all that other stuff, how I wanted to kill off the weak and, the, mm-hmm. and, and minorities. Forget about that. It's all about women's rights. How did they switch that? Okay. How, how did they do it? Let, let's go down the list of the failures, though, of how they've managed to flip it. It is about eugenics. It is about killing some people that you don't think that type of person should exist. God, uh, no say in it, you should play God. That's the first flip. Second is... The idea of Planned Parenthood and the things that they promote, right? Well, we're not about abortion. We only do so many abortions. What we really do is consultations and women reproductive and mammograms and whatever. They don't do those things. Most of what Planned Parenthood does is abortion or things directly connected to abortion. Overwhelmingly. And they've managed to flip that into be, no, we do mammograms. What is it, less than 3% of what they do is mammograms? And many of their offices that do abortions do not perform mammograms. If you go in there and say, I want to get a mammogram, they're like, we're going to have to outsource it if they do. So that's the next flip. Um, The flip that it is um, somehow into women's rights, as you said, right? Now it's it's about women's rights and empowering women. Um, The the money that goes into it, right? The, The flip that somehow we should all be in this and put money into it, even if you don't support abortion and it goes against your First Amendment religious rights, that you are anti-woman, whatever, if you do not support these things. The flips just keep coming on this stuff, right? Yeah, one of the girls said, um, oh, where did the quote go now? She said, basically, uh, it's so important in our culture to have uh, alternative uh, safe means of, uh, oh, here it is. Uh, it just seems like such an important part of our culture that we need to have safer methods of family planning and we need to educate. That's the main point, is to educate people. That's what they're doing? That's Educating? what she said that they were doing to fifth, fifth through twelfth graders. Fifth graders. That, and, and, and that rhetoric is straight out of the Margaret Singer handbook. Family planning. That, that, right, that's the name. There's it. another flip, right? Yeah, family <laughs> planning. That's part of it. Here's one. How did abortion uh, become ruled legal? What was the basis for Roe v. Wade? It wasn't, can you have this done? Can, is this? It was Fourth Amendment. It was privacy. Mm-hmm. What? This, this has nothing to do with privacy. I can murder Jason and they got to rule it. Well, it was a private matter. You can't look <laughs> right. into it because you're violating my privacy. You could, that, that's insane. If you want to rule on abortion and say it's legal, I may disagree with it, but rule on it for what it is and not under the guise of abortion. So another, or, or, of, 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 of um, privacy. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't play that game with it. But that's just another way of advantage to flip it around. Yeah, and then they use ridicule. They use ridicule and all these, like, <clears throat> you know, these uh, emotional responses to get to completely change the argument and to completely change. I mean, that's Saul Linsky 101. Ridicule, 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 and they won't have any way to come back from it. And they do this not just with Planned Parenthood and abortion. They also do this with race issues, um, mm-hmm. other, 
you know, women's rights, feminist issues, whatever they want to weaponize, basically, to make it, to create an issue so that they can ride that ridicule all the way to power. And then Roe eventually came out, of course, in Roe v. Wade, she came out against abortion. So she <laughs> did not want it in the end. Can you imagine that? That is your legacy? Right, everyone world? knows, yeah, yeah. That, that that is what you left behind, and she, I think that started eating away at her. Bizarre that so many minorities support Planned Parenthood. I know. That they, they, especially blacks, who they have been the chief target of abortions. More black children aborted by far than other races, and yet they passionately support it. It's crazy. The, the, it's creepy. The leading cause of death in the in African-American community was abortion. I mean, just an insane wow. stat. Insane. It's ridiculously sad. If you go in uh, many of the uh, Planned Parenthood uh, clinics, they're in some of these neighborhoods. They're in the lower income, yeah. lower income neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. It's, uh, and what, is, what is the number? Is it right, just shy of 60 million babies aborted since Roe v. Wade? Hmm. 60 million. Now, uh, let's take emotion, right... Uh, human rights, um, uh, murder, right? Take all of that off and just look at it like this. You are the black community and you are constantly telling us how um, you do not have the same amount of rights. You had LeBron James talk about being black in America, doesn't how much money you have, how much people like you. It's always rough if you're black in America because you are that minority status. Well, guess what? You would have nationally 20, 30, whatever, more million people. And then all of their offspring as well. It's a good point. You would be much less of a minority. You have made yourself a greater minority by supporting the murder of children. An entire generation is just wiped out. That is horribly traffic. And you know what's funny? They they use the, in this dress that started this discussion, the condoms. Why didn't you use um, abortion tools for your dress? Why didn't you do that? Would you do that? Why not cover your... Make a, to, let's make a dress out of fetuses, aborted fetuses. How about that? Would you do that? Hmm. That may have raised some eyebrows. I would support the dress out of birth control pills, though, because I feel those are much smaller. That's... <laughs> <laughs> she Maybe did, the pack. She did say when she sewed the condoms together that the lube came out all over her fingers, and that was gross. She did? That's what she said. I'm just sitting there thinking... And there were adults present there. There was adult supervision at some point. So somebody had to say, uh, yep, you look great. What you doing there? Yeah. Oh, okay. sewing your condom dress. Okay. <laughs> oh, good deal. All right, lady, you need more? Yeah. Get you more? Uh, what is that, you. lube all over your hands? What is yeah, that, uh, lubricant? Yeah. I just started thinking of the eighth grade me. <laughs> I yeah. was like, okay, here's what's going to happen in 2017. Yeah. <laughs> it, this is... <laughs> it's, yeah. We made little model bizarre. houses in our projects. We I mean, <laughs> They had lights, you could turn them on. That's just so uncool. Brad now. made bird feeders, right? <laughs> Little birdhouses, whatever. I missed out big time. Right. I could have plastered condoms all over the outside. Oh, right, exactly. You know what? It's just about education, though, Brad. You just got to educate right. them. Yeah, they would have made great wind socks. Right, I mean, we were, uh, you know, embarrassed to go in and get them. I know. This girl's got a whole dress of them. Right? Does, does yeah. You have to pull one off there, right, or whatever. Oh gosh, guys, I've got to change the sub because this is just right. irritating mm-hmm. me. Did you guys know? Did you did you hear that that story about how Lebanon was banning Wonder Woman 
in uh, in Lebanon because it was just near Israeli. Axel Avengers. Wonder Woman or the character? The uh, the the whole movie. Like, oh, the movie. I thought you meant Wonder Woman was forbidden from going. Yeah. I mean, she's just going to kick their butt. Yes. I don't know. What <laughs> she has an invisible plane. That's she can right. Get in there anyway. Sneak in and out. You're yeah. not even seeing me. Well, you'll see me, but not the plane. Right. Dude, look at Gal Gadot. The world is a better place mm. with that woman in it. Can you, you're going to ban a movie with Gal Gadot in it. Give She's me saucy. Break. saucy. As long as she shaves those armpits. That is straight hotness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mm-hmm. don't even have to. So I mean, they ban it because is she's Jewish? Is <laughs> that the... Yeah, because she's, she's an Israeli actress. Um, but uh, when's the, the movie's coming out really soon? June, it's this, this, weekend. this weekend, yeah. yeah. Tomorrow. And yeah, it, over Memorial Day, I mean, oh my gosh, the movie's just been horrible. Look but more, over Memorial Day, they had their lowest weekend in, what was it, 18 years because of all the just junk movies that have been coming There's out. There's been well, nothing even, out there. E- even last weekend, I thought about going to see a movie, and I looked and I was like, there's nothing yeah. that I care to see, and I just stayed home. Yeah, yeah it's been go. so weak. Um, yeah, this looks good. I'll probably end up seeing it at some point. I don't know if I'm going to go to the theater, but it looked good enough to get me to go. It's a matter of timing this weekend. Um, but we have Catwoman, too. The con- <laughs> but the controversy surrounding Wonder Woman, though, from the feminists are incredible. First of all, they globbed onto the movie that uh, because it has woman in the title and it's female empowerment. Like it's unique. Well, first of all, there was a Wonder Woman television show, which was pretty popular in mm-hmm. the 70s. What was her name? Linda Carter. Uh, Linda Carter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Back in the day. Hot to this day. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I was going back to my. <laughs> I'll just take a moment. Grade me, thank you. Okay, yep. um, so you had that, and countless female heroines, even with some skills or superpowers over mm-hmm. the years, from Buffy the Vampire Slayer to Xena Warrior Princess, television, movies, whatever, failed ones. So they have this attitude that um, this is the first female empowerment superhero movie that's out there. Well. You had the Invisible Woman in the Fantastic Four movie and the Black Widow. You have all these characters, but they're pretending this one is the first one. Yeah. Okay, there's the first film. Second of all, these same feminists then started getting ticked off because of this. Her shaved <laughs> armpits. Oh, you're kidding. No, she's an Amazonian no. <laughs> woman, and women shouldn't, women shouldn't have to. They're shaving for med is what they're doing. Oh, my gosh. And they're ticked off at that. Wait a minute. Is that saying lesbian women like other women to have hairy armpits? I think so. I think that's exactly the same. Nah. Yeah. So these controversies about the women, then the fact that she's Jewish, which you go, what does that matter? You would think that Hollywood would say, oh, she's a minority and whatever. No. The problem with it is they support the Palestinians over the Jews. So even though she's a minority and a woman, you know, because she's Jewish, in this starring role in Hollywood, she's go, oh, wow, a leading female, whatever. No, no, because you picked the Jewish woman, and now that's a problem. Yeah. All of their ideas just keep conflicting, where I say, it's like a pretty good movie, and a hot chick's in it. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, and, and apparently, the, we have the honest trailer for Cat. Well, this is a, 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 a movie that set the bar for, for women superheroes really low. This oh, is, is a, this the original? This, this isn't is a the, new one, right? The oh, original. Okay. Oh, uh, let's Pfeiffer. The uh, no, this was, is it Halle Berry? Oh, Halle yeah, this Halle is bad. Yeah, Honest trailer for, for Catwoman. Go. Here's the first one. From Pete-Toff, just Pete-Toff, comes a solemn reminder that no matter what happens with the new Wonder Woman, the bar for female-led superhero movies is really, really low. <laughs> wow. Catwoman. Before you see the best DC has to offer, revisit the worst (laughs) in this sloppily directed, insanely edited. (laughs) No, she's just beating her up. (laughs) 
This is riveting action. This moving so fast. Terribly oh. ridden, ridiculously acted pile of cat barf that came <laughs> out just one year before Batman Begins, but feels more like the spiritual sequel to Batman and Robin. Chicks like you give women a bad name. Alicia Silverstone. Meet Selena Kyle. <laughs> just kidding. This movie has nothing to do with the source material. Meet some random lady named Patience Phillips, a graphic designer with two of Phil's horniest co workers. We have our ways. Hmm? Man sandwich, 12 o'clock. She's supposed to be a frumpy nerd, but since Halle Berry is the exact opposite of that, they'll just bury her in plus-size clothes and make her super clumsy. Oh, I'm sorry. That's a Everything will change when a cat French kisses her dead body on a pile oh. of garbage. Patience will become Catwoman, a woman with the literal powers of a cat, like hissing. Getting off to catnip. <laughs> and eating disgusting amounts of tuna. But instead of, oh, I don't know, seeing a doctor about any of this, she'll just Google the phrase, cats, period, women, and give herself a haircut. Wow. Oh, that is so man. well done. That is so God. funny. Is I never true. saw the whole movie. I remember seeing clips of it. I started watching it and bailed because it was so bad. That. I may have to go and watch that just for the gags. We should mystery science theater that here. <laughs> that would be good. There's a second part or is that the whole thing? Is there a part two? Please tell me there's more. Oh, there's a part two. Oh, let's go right to it. Should we get a break in? Watch a film that takes a step forward in representing a female superhero. Take eight steps back by having her do battle against Moisturizer. (laughs) Evil Moisturizer. As cosmetics exec Sharon Stone gets to vent some of her personal frustrations with Hollywood. I was everything they wanted me to be. Then I turned 40, and they threw me away. While releasing a product that's a class action lawsuit waiting to happen. You stop using it, and your face disintegrates. No, I'm pretty sure that product gets recalled without Catwoman doing anything. She could literally sit her own movie out, and nothing would change. I think so. Revisit an era where superheroes hit their low points, full of iconically crappy moments like the playground scene, the emo dance, and the bat credit card. Never leave the cave without it. But not to be outdone, Catwoman makes its contribution to garbage culture in the weirdest game of basketball ever filmed. Cats Why do they just stand there dribbling for each other? That's not how basketball works. <laughs> Stop shaking your ass at him. Kids are watching. Ugh. Why? Ooh. So look out, boys, because this ain't the superhero movie for you. And step back, girls, because it's not for you either. Or you, Batman fans. Or you, person with eyes and ears. This is a movie made for no one about nothing that never should have existed. Wow, that is so well done. Wonder Woman looks ingenious now. He's like, this has nothing to do with the source material. Was that actually the plot, or was that satire? It was actually about moisturizer. That was the plot. Evil moisturizer. moisturizer. Yeah. (laughs) And did you hear, they're like, had she not been in the movie, the character, they still would have withdrawn or recalled the moisturizer and everything would have been fine. Lebanon, if you would have boycotted that movie, I'm all about. Good to go. But Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman? Uh Uh-uh. Come on. All right, let's get a break and come back with more. It's uh, Doc and Brad and Jason in for Pat Stu and Jeffy today.
couple mornings ago when the story broke about Tiger Woods uh, being picked up for driving under the influence, mm -hmm. we were talking about it on our morning show, theblaze.com slash radio. And uh, Chris Cruz, one of the producers, goes, hey, did you see the picture? And I said, yeah, I saw it. He goes, look at this picture. And it was clearly a edited, Photoshop, cleaned mm -hmm. up version. And I thought it was CNN, but I think CNN might have just been carrying this. That was originally mm -hmm. uh, ESPN. for ESPN did it. Yeah. So it's they, not only his hair, it's also... They gave him a haircut. Skin they, pigmentation? Too? They added hair, it looks like, too. So they, they cleaned it up so it's not as fuzzy. See, it's not as spiky. It looks unkept. like it's been combed, not as unkept. And then it looks like they filled it in by darkening it up and um, cleaned up his skin. See the t his forehead and stuff? How uh -huh. smoother it looks. Doesn't look as bad. They and then the bags? They, yeah, and then eliminated some of the bags and then thinned it out so his face is thinner. The point is, the question is, why? Yeah, why show the mugshot if you're not going to show the mugshot? What's the what's the point? What did the, why would you do this as a producer? I don't. What what advantage do you have? There's, do you remember a few years ago? Well, a few years ago, twenty something years ago, when they got OJ and he was on the cover of Time, but they darkened it up. They darkened oh. his. Remember, remember that? That was mm. a big scandal at the time. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know your motive. Who said, let's, well, let's clean it? I mean, it's not even a matter of you stretch the photo to get it fit a page. It's not a matter of, um, you know, altering something else. They Look look at this hair. They darkened mm -hmm. it and filled it in clearly to make it look better. But why? They said, they said, yeah, that was their excuse, right? Is that it didn't fit in their template because of his hair was too high or something like that. But you can so they, easily, you can still cut it off. Yeah. And, and, but like what you said, they clearly they, made his face thinner. So maybe longer, and, which would mean you stretch the photo top to bottom, giving you less space up there. It's but, a mug shot. <clears throat> no one looks good in a mug shot. See, I would understand if they made it look worse. Because as a media outlet, it's not nice, but you go, <clears throat> oh my gosh, look how horrible Tiger Woods mm -hmm. looks. You're going to get more people to watch, pay attention, mm -hmm. buy your stuff, tune in, whatever. But why do you make it look better? I, maybe, I can't get it through my head. Maybe I'm like overanalyzing <clears throat> this. But, maybe I or, am. Or going into it too much. But I mean, if, I mean th this is another reason why people just don't trust media. Because if, and this is a relatively small thing. Right. But if, you think, if they're going to doctor and change a small thing that doesn't matter, what are they doing to the things that actually do matter? I mean, stories that are actually make a difference, you know, that there's, it's, you know, something, let's say, hey, let's say collusion with a foreign government or something like that. Right. <laughs> I mean, if they're going to... The little if, thing. Yeah if, yeah. if the media is going to mess with something stupid like a mugshot, what are they doing to something that actually counts and matters? They trimmed his beard up or smoothed it out a little bit. He doesn't have this, the piece that looks like a split lip. In fact, the only thing that makes the, the doctored photo look bad is his eyes look tired. He looks exhausted. Mm -hmm. But you could see they cleaned all that stuff up. Yeah, I don't understand what their motivation would have been. Because, again, if you don't want him to look bad, don't show the mugshot. Are you buying the uh, prescription thing? What, what's your take on, on the whole arrest? Something. I his blood alcohol was, you know, nil. Yeah. So, and he was clearly having issues because he, he could not communicate, nor could he ambulate. Could it, I mean, he's, he said it was a, a combination of stuff he took or didn't know the severity. Including painkillers. So he had painkillers, okay. and um, I don't know what. I mean, else, I could see that stuff happening if yeah. you don't. You recognize it's odd to me that you would have that 
serious of a reaction because he was really out mm-hmm. of it, right? Yeah, yeah he I, was really, really out of it. I mean, he like we talked about this I think earlier in the week, but I mean, he completely changed once he started trying to live up to his father's expectations. So well, he started. He, he went through that special ops training. Didn't yeah, he? he he wanted to become basically like a Navy SEAL. So he's like hanging out with those guys, doing like he went through their training and all this stuff, and it completely destroyed his body. And ever since then, he just started playing like crap. He started, I'm assuming, he maybe got on painkillers. I think, I don't know I think a time. lot of it was in his head, too. I think he really, because he was leading that double life. And maybe he never got beyond all that. Yeah, I think that, because, I mean, that, that, that was not, I don't think, what his father ever wanted for him. And when that starts getting burrowing down into your brain... It's compl- incredibly sad. I mean, he's, it is sad. he's the, Very sad. the most decorated. What, did he beat Nicholas? Is he the most decorated golfer ever? Ooh, I that's think a good so. question. If, not, if he did, he's very like close. Yeah. Can't stand but watching golf. He's definitely, yeah, I can't either, really. But, but I mean, he was incredibly, incredibly successful, yes. and he didn't think that he lived up to his father's expectations, even though what he had achieved. Right. It's just incredibly sad. That's, that's all the little holes in our own soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I think he's probably got some sort of um, reliance, we'll say, on painkillers mm-hmm. that maybe is a little too strong. Because mm-hmm. you come off all that other stuff, there's been some other allegations, like you said, he's had the back issues and whatever. That's what happened to a lot of people. That's what happened to Rush Limbaugh. You have some sort of back issue, and you, you really can't deal with that pain, so you just keep taking the pills. A lot of them become addictive. A lot of them you need more and more to get rid of the pain, because you never truly get rid of it. You're just masking it. It's a, it's a trap for people. And then yeah. he started getting into having about 14,000 girlfriends. Yeah, and which will exhaust you. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, speaking from experience, right, Brad? I mean, uh, you know. I've heard. I've, I've heard. <laughs> um, well, it, yeah, and then when you reach that level of success, even look at uh, Whitney Houston or some other mm-hmm. people, they're the average normal person, and then after a few years of everybody just sucking up to them like that, they become suspicious and jaded and then entitled. Mm. You know, they believe you, their own press. Right. So I'm sure there was a little bit of that. Then all the women throwing themselves mm-hmm. and the money. It's, uh, it's really a formula for disaster. Well, and, and the story wasn't quite as I thought it was. At first. I thought he, they found him asleep in the car in a parking lot. Apparently he was in a, in a lane in the street. Yeah. And uh, oh, the wow. two, uh, two driver's side tires were flat. There was damage to the rims. So he had been doing some driving uh, and hit something. There was damage to the uh, uh, driver's side, I think, of his car. He had been out there, and he was, he was asleep in the car, all right. He just happened to be in the lane of traffic, I think. Yeah, the two flat wow. tires, that's the yeah. one that made me go, hmm. where else was he with he, the car? I think he told the cops that he had uh, driven there from California. What? To Florida? Yeah, I don't believe that he, he was, had. Oh, was he stoned at the time? Is that what you're saying? Con- oh, okay, I thought that ended up being yeah. the story. I was like, I mean, I made that drive. Yeah. That, <laughs> no wonder, he's not the drugs. He's yeah. just tired. He's yeah. been up for 46 hours straight mm-hmm. making the drive. That's horrible. Yeah, I feel bad for him. That's not a fun situation yeah. to be That's in. That's not good for anybody. But, uh, yeah, speaking of like a, getting a ton of girlfriends and sex scandals, uh, did you hear that Anthony Weiner is moving back in with Huma Abedin? This, so are they, did they actually get a divorce or file for a divorce? Or they she just were, filed, I think, filed for divorce. But, but did but she or did she not up. turn it in? I, Maybe I, I, that's what it was. But there was the claim that she, they were getting a divorce or she filed. Yeah, but I, but I don't think it's actually gone through. So but she I still invited. I, how do you invite that guy to move back in with you? I, when, I, I, when I see their relationship, the Clinton's relationship, their relationship with Clinton, Bill, and every, all this stuff, uh, it's, uh, it's shameless. Yes. It's the movie Shameless on Netflix. It is. They're the Gallaghers. Right. It's not fancy. It's not nice. They're not classy. Mm-mm, they're just no. trashy. We got, we got pudding shots next. Oh. Spoons coming up. Don't go anywhere. I'm hungry.
prunes. They're booze in it? That's all I want to know. Is there booze? Yes. yes. I know there's Apparently sugar in it. Apparently so. Booze. All right. Yeah. Here you go. You Same want a spoon? Thing. Yeah, these oh are gosh. birthday cake uh, pudding shots, right? Uh, what does Bailey that mean? made these again. Uh, she made yesterday the um, rum chata. Rum chata. Rum chata uh, uh, pudding shooters. Bailey's bringing her A game on this stuff. She really wow. is. And this is, by the way, the recipe I know we put up uh, yesterday. Oh, right, dude. We put the recipe up yesterday. I tweeted it out. Bailey will put this one up as well. Where's the Lord? There's the Lord's there right here. If you want, whatever it says right there. Okay. Beauty by Bailey. Follow Bailey on Instagram and Twitter. Beauty by Bailey. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Not sure what? I'm not sure if it's any good. As you dip into your second I, Well, I have to tell. <laughs> I have to tell. I can't tell if it's any good or not. Mm-hmm. This is, um, I'm going to. Oh, these are really good. She upped her game. This is. Um, Bailey did these? Got, yeah. What's it got in it? She has such a, like, no talent. I can't believe she had to pull this off. It's, she comes from that worthless amazing. Shelton family. I know. Like, no never skills do anyway. whatsoever. It's amazing. Hmm. Matthew better look out because Bailey might actually be the chef of the family. Mm. Yeah, this is, um, this is really tasty. I can't believe it. Now, what kind so, of booze is in it? I don't know. Oh, it's, uh, it's birthday cake vodka. Oh, that's right. Mm. Birthday cake vodka. Wow. With sprinkles. Don't, don't light a match next to your mouth. Ooh. You feel, that's you feel that's that? Mm-hmm. Or whatever. That's, uh, I'm going I'm to have to go ahead and give this an 18 again. Uh, uh, what, what is our scale? Out. Scale one, one to 18. eighteen. Size Jeff, you can count one to eighteen. Um, I'm going to give that a solid um, for what it is. I'm going to give that a solid sixteen. Mm-hmm. Why? What's wrong with eighteen? Huh? Why, I just why? have a tough grading scale. Well, you got to leave some room up there for because something. eighteen would be perfect. What right, are the two? What, what are, what's the um, what are the? You know what? Let me try one and find out. Maybe yeah. it is actually eighteen. Because I just feel bad that the crew's not going to get any. Wow. Mm-hmm. I know. We're going to arm wrestle for this last one. We'll take a break. We'll decide if we're getting more points for that. We got bad news. Bailey just came in and said, the first taste is free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that one's going to cost you. These guys are literally licking the cups. This mm. is getting bad. What's wrong with that? <laughs> it right. was really good. What do you really mean? Good. Glenn's mm. over in the vault, is yeah. that right? With David Barton, they're uh, looking at some World War II artifacts. We're, I mean, we're doing the important stuff here. That's the, you know. Okay, where are we going to start? Civil War or World War II? We're going to World War II. All right, let, let's, talk about, let's talk about a D-Day bigot. If I tell you bigot is an acronym, what does it stand for? Big, important, gun, <laughs> on, tank. Let's, I like that idea, right? though. That was pretty good. It's my bigot. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. First, the B, let's start with British. British. Intelligence. I, it's D-Day. British. British. Invasion. Invasion. G. Uh, German. German. Oh. Occupied territory. That's it. Bigot. D-Day is the is the British invasion of German occupied territory. So it's bigot. That's that's D-Day. It was uh, now I remember it was Operation Bigot. It was D-Day was Operation Bigot. bigot. And it was also Operation Overlord. Yes. But I think for the British, for the British it was Operation Operation Bigot. Bigot. It sure was. And for the Americans it's Operation Overlord. That's right. So Operation Bigot, Operation Overlord. Um, how would you like to see the Why top Why do we call secret? it Overlord? Any idea? Yeah, you, you always choose names that mean nothing to nothing, what's going okay. on. And that way, if German doesn't give up any intelligence. It, yeah, they, they, they well, don't know what Overlord I means. I think that bigot certainly was right. All those <laughs> well, they weren't very white tolerant. people from the island. Yeah, from they the weren't very tolerant. All those British, yeah. it's all those going weems to, going and wads. To, to free the frogs. Yeah. This bigot. is final 
approved plans for D-Day. These are the plans, what they're doing on D-Day. Uh, they're really delicate. This is the mimeograph stuff, all top secret. Uh, this is what they're doing, and this is the final yeah. briefings. Yeah. yeah, turn them over. Seven both sides. It tells you what to expect from the Germans. It tells you the secret weapons they have. They have top it, secret. Top secret, Big man. It. it it goes through all. Do these belong to Mercury One? They yeah, do. we just got these. Mm -hmm. Just came Where in. Where did you find these? We 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 searched the country looking for stuff like I this. I know. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So this was on what? Like a briefing clipboard. This would be the briefing for the top guys. Look at this. Human torpedoes, what the Germans have in human torpedoes. Small submarines and human torpedoes. S stated on page 43 of Neptune monograph, paragraph, uh, Germans have for some time been experimenting with small, fast, submersible craft, usually referred to as W-boats. I've never heard of them. Yeah, that's There's right. no definite information on how to, uh, how to affect this craft and how it may have reached the operational stage or known how many are being built. However, it's a possibility that some of these W-boats may be encountered. Brief description. They're 90 feet in length, 15 feet long, um, five and a half feet wide. Normal trim, speed, 30 knots, endurance, 600 miles, 60 hours, uh, armed with twin tor tor torpedo tubes, possibly gnats, tactless, electric, driven homing torpedoes. It's been reported that the E-boat officers have been assigned to the W-boat. This is an indication that is intended for them to use on surface more or less as E-boats or to use them in conjunction with E-boats. It's telling us every German armament that might come at you. Uh, it goes through, it, it tells you what they have in the way of reserves, how much is in each of their groups. On the back here, it says, here's what you'll expect at Utah Beach, here's Omaha Beach, here's Utah Beach again. Uh, it goes through and gives you information on every single aspect you might meet when, when coming ashore. And you got to remember, these guys, I mean, we're, we're operating on human intelligence here. There's no satellites, no anything else. And so we've been gathering intelligence on what to do with this thing. But see, look at the, I mean, again, the pages and what they cover with, you know, the Utah and, and Utah Beach, Omaha Beach. The conditions. This, by the way, human torpedoes are torpedoes launched from the beach. They say new, new, Briti or new um, torpedoes have recently been employed. Um, uh, the Germans are using in the Naples area. Two uh -huh. torpedoes, uh, one secured above, uh, one above the other, six inches apart, and they're being launched um, from the beach, from the mother torpedo, and uh, it shoots at the humans on the beach, apparently, wow. in the water. The technology was something. But you see all the all the stuff here. It's this, remarkable because they they go through possibly even contingency plans. Um, if if the uh, the the German the Axis forces are able to repel us, perhaps where the the different reinforcements are going to come from. It, it really is just amazing the the preparation that went into the ideas that they were going to have to deal with and what they were going to deal with and where it was. And see, so, even, even here, subsequent overlord by D Day plus twenty, we'll have. Uh, 15 to 75 long-range bombers. We'll have the short-range fighters, 75. It tells us everything we're going to have at our disposal. How many days in we'll be able to get each of those. David, how many do you think of these were printed? Oh, it, it, Handful, this, is, this, right? is, this is tight fist stuff. It, it does, and, and see, it tells you when you come ashore, sh size of the person. Here's the anti-ship craft, uh, anti-tank trap stuff they've got. I mean, it just it gives you details on everything you're going to face what all these devices look like. 
it's it's really pretty unbelievable. And then the briefing is such that what? So if, did would they take these, and would they show these to the just this part? No, commanders. No. The, the, now some of this, some of this, I'll show you this in a minute. As they get ready to go, this is the twenty first of April, and we're when did we go? Ju- June sixth or something like June that. June sixth. They have April, May, June, July, August. These are the weather charts. This tells mm-hmm. you what the tides are going to be, what the weather's. Because we hope to pull it off in June, but what if we can't pull it off to July or August or whatever? So, see, that one's April. This one's 21 May. This is 20 April. Um, then you get down through here, and look at these maps. See, they're actually showing you what's happening, and they're showing you here where we expect German forces to come at us. If we land on the beach here, here's where you can expect German forces to come moving from. Oh, I'd love to actually overlay the actual movement. With, yeah, with, with what they Because predicted. remember, remember Hitler refused to move some of these forces. He moved them north. That's right. Didn't he, he? he thought this is a diversion for something right. else going on. Right, and so on. he moved them north, so yeah. I'd love to see how accurate they were. How on. accurate they that's were. Right. On. That's That's interesting. And see all these, these movement maps. And uh, as a matter of fact, this one is interesting because here you're coming into the coast. And see all these, these areas here? Yeah. We actually own the maps that represent each of these areas. And so what happens is as you come ashore, there's a blow up of these maps that says there's a machine gun over here, there's a pillbox over here, there's two mortars over here, there's a tank track. You remember what you looked at before? With this, yeah. this, it shows each one of those. And where you they have are. those in your collection? I have those. We have those oh, in wow. so, so this, when those doors came down on those, those landing craft, those guys are holding in their hands a map that shows about 200 yards. We're starting to have a good collection on D-Day because oh, we I'll also have the D-Day flag. We do. And we've got one. You've I got mean, one. Yeah, I mean, we've that's got pretty so tremendous. many cool. And we've got such cool. Yeah. And it, it is so good because so few people know what actually happened on yeah, D-Day, and history yeah. books just don't cover it anymore. So, and part of D-Day, actually, when these guys were going ashore, wow. uh, they had something Beautiful. else with them. And Matt, grab it's some ex- of those, those maps this right there. This is really, we want to take this. Yeah, I'll set them on the side. That's just a little really bit. exciting. These, these are all maps here, and, and they're silk maps. So can you see the silk? And these were sewn into, weren't they? Or they were at least put in into their jackets or something. Here's, so, here's what happens. Let me, let me take this thing. Because this is silk and it's not paper, and these are all World War II maps right yeah. here. Uh, I'll take this thing and I'll roll it in a really tight thing. I'm going to put it right under your collar right there. Right. And so what happened was as the guys went ashore, they had these under their collars because if they got made prisoner of wars, they would frisk them, but then they'll frisk your collar. Mm. And so out of 36,000 Americans that were captured by the Germans, 18,000 escaped with these maps. Pull them out of their collar. As they leave the camp, it tells you where all the roads are, where the beach is, what direction to get, where the towns are, wow. everything. Now, see, that's... Did they do this, too? Did the Germans and the Japanese, were they thinking mm. of this stuff? No. And, and, and every one of these, there's 1,400 different maps. 1,400, Glenn, 1,400 of these maps. And, and this one... Uh, map- so before you would go out on a mission... <clears throat> You're flying in, they'd all these maps would be yeah. there, and they'd say, Grab this map, and everybody if would you're, grab If that. you're a soldier marching in, you've got that. If you're flying in, you've got that. And if you're in the Navy shipping in, you've got that. See, you this might one, learn where you're going just based on the map you get. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, I guess we're going here. I guess we're going here. See, this is, this is AAF, which is the Army Air Force, and this is Northeast China, which means it's the Flying Tigers. This is the Flying Tigers, mm. and, and Howard and all those guys up doing flying. What, what's that one from, Matt? What's uh, this? this one? Well, obviously, this. look, yeah, look at this thing. Like... You got no land here. I mean, this is this yeah, is this clearly... is just the currents. This is so. Here's here's what wide you do. Wide Bay. This is New Brit. What's New Britain? New Guinea. 
and Solomon Islands. So, this is yeah. Northwest Solomon, Solomon Islands. Islands. So when you fly your missions here, if you get shot down, here's the currents you want to get into. This one, Tim, where is it? Right in the Eastern, middle. Eastern Asia. Oh, yeah. Nagasaki. Look at that. There's the map of Nagasaki. So you're flying. Nagasaki, right there. Wow. When you're flying into Nagasaki, this is the map you've got. And so if you crash land, if you get shot down, if anything happens, you, you keep this hidden. And if you survive, this is how you get out. Wow. And, and look, see the currents. It shows you the currents, which direction they go. So, so you're a bomber, and you've, you're trying to get back to Saipan. So you've got a ways to go. So trying to get back that far, you've got to cross a lot of islands. And if you get shot down or your plane crashes or whatever, this is the way the currents are going to take you. This one, look at what Matt's got here. Yeah, it tells you how to read a map for currents if you're in a raft. If you're in a raft and get shot down, it tells you how to read the currents and which current to get into to get you back to land. So all of these maps, if, yep. if they're... Surface winds as well. See, see this one here? See how they, they lay this map out and, and you've got all these directions? That shows you how to read it so that you know which, where to get your raft so you can get back to, to the right land. You don't want to land on their, their island. You want to land on a different island. This was a death sentence, though. Really, landing sure. landing in the water back then with yeah, the you, sharks, it was a death sentence. Right. We, we talk, uh, the USS Indianapolis um, is the largest naval disaster in U.S. history, and we've talked to two survivors off that, and one of them talked about how that as they were there initially, 6, 600 guys died, over 900 in the thing. It shot down and sunk, I think, in 11 or 13 minutes so quick they never even radioed for help. That was the one that was taking the atomic bomb gear to... To, for the island. And so as they come back, they get torpedoed, they sink. And he, the guy literally told us as they were bobbing around in their, um, in their life jackets, he would see the waves go up and down, and he'd see a guy go down and he'd come back up without a leg. And another guy would go down and come back up mm. without a head. Another guy would go down and come back up because the sharks are just, just chomping them and just eating them. And you know what they went through? One guy was in a raft for 13 days or yeah. 14 days. And the sharks kept jumping in the raft with them, and they would take the oars and beat the sharks out of the raft. Uh, I mean, just in that area, it was just unbelievable. We just don't concentrate at all on the Asian, no. uh, the Asian part of no, the world. No. We really concentrate on the Germans. The Japanese were oh, bar they were ISIS. barbarians. They were ISIS. Yeah. They and, were the ISIS and this of the was, day. You know, you kind of almost romanticize, you know, South Pacific um, you know, the musical, yeah. you kind of look at it and look like, ah, well, they're out in the sun and they're in Tahiti, mm -hmm. you know, it's beautiful. This was a bloodbath. It was. We, we talked bath. to prisoners of war uh, who were on the German side and on the, the uh, Pacific Japanese side. And the guys on the German side, they were Anglo, so they were trading really, really nice because they weren't Jews. But over here, we haven't talked to a single prisoner of war that went through the Japanese side that wasn't tortured and abused and glad to make it back alive. Yeah, Whereas, there's very few you can even talk to because most didn't make it that's back right. alive. That's right. The, the brutality of the, the Japanese torture. Well, but I mean, I mean, I hate to say this, um, but the Germans, and now this is really awful to say, and I, I want to make sure context, I'm very clear, in context, in context you know, their, their brutality to the Jews and to, and to the handicapped and everything else, but in a sick sort of way, yeah, in a sick sort of way, they also had this weird Christian ethic. That's right. For people that looked civilized. like them. Civilized. They were civilized Correct. if you're part of, of, of the, the race. Correct. And, and These guys, yeah. there's no Christian ethic over there. Mm -mm. And it's, it's still, I mean, because at least in China, human life is so worthless. Well, you take, all right, Hitler, 
killed 6 million Jews. Japanese killed 10 million Chinese in a racial genocide just because they didn't like Chinese. The Japanese went to Korea, took women from Korea back as sex slaves for the soldiers, right. just like ISIS does. They caught one of, our, one of our American submarines, and rather than put the guys in prisoner war camp, they made them lay down on the deck, took a sledgehammer, and squashed every head like a melon, went down squashing heads. They had beheading competitions in Japanese prisoner war camps to see which officer could behead 100 prisoners the fastest. They actually had to have runoffs because they were so fast with the sword. And so you got your, your officers going through prisoner war camps beheading 100 just as quick as they- And then you had Mao in oh, yeah. China afterwards kill 90 million yeah, people. Bet. I mean, as many as 90 million people. I mean, it's yeah. a different world that we just don't look at. No, we, we don't see at all. But these guys who were there and went through it, I mean, it's unbelievable. And by the way, this is one of the uh, flight gears that came with, with one of the maps we got. This is the flight goggles, and this is their helmets and, you know, the radio. But this pilot would have had one of these maps with him. Look at how. The earpiece is right in it. Look at how. It actually looks like a pretty comfortable earpiece, I mean, for going a long distance. It looks good on you. Doesn't it? (laughs) I can't get them down on my... It's way too small. (laughs) Made by Apple. Guaranteed this is an Apple cord. You have to stay that close to the wall. (laughs) 